Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Saturday morning. It's the breakfast edition of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating. Welcome in LSU and Utah State coming up at 11 o'clock along with Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. Dave Potter back at Master Control, our on-site engineer, Dominic Mitchum. And it is the breakfast edition of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating. Herb Tyler. Good morning, man. How are you? Oh, man, good morning. I am doing wonderful. I've been up since 530. <laughs> I walked in right on time with some mufaladas. You did. You saved the day. Thank Look, you very man, much. I tried to get some bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches, but they just didn't have them. So that's the all right. So was the best thing. Hey, mufaladas, baby mufaladas will hit the yes. spot. That's for sure. Yes, yes. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. We're out on the LSU campus in front of the administrative athletic administrative building mm-hmm. um, on North Stadium Drive. And the campus isn't quite a buzz yet, but uh, it will be a little, a little later on as LSU takes on Utah State. And then they enter the gauntlet of the SEC. Next week, Florida comes to town, and the Gators will be uh, primed and ready for a top-ten showdown. But first things first, LSU has to take care of business against a different group of Aggies, not the Texas A&M Aggies, but the mm-hmm. Utah State Aggies. And it's a game, Herb, that – LSU's coming off a bye week. You expect that maybe there's a little rust early on, but I don't think that they overlook this team. And even if they do, I still think that they're so much they're that much better than Utah State that if they did kind of overlook them, they'd still win this game. Yeah, this won't be a, a, a Troy State of a couple years ago. This is going to be a game that I think that um, Coach O and the rest of the staff have gotten these guys together and ready to roll for this game. I don't, I don't see there being a letdown um, at all. <clears throat> they may come out of the gates a little slow, but at the end of the day, I still see 40, 50, 60 points put up on the board. And um, I think Joe Burrow is going to have another great night, uh, morning, shall I say, um, with, with four to six touchdown passes again. <laughs> um, what, what, it, what this will do, though, this will test, um, once again, our, our stamina, if you will, because Utah mm-hmm. State is going to move the ball fast. They're going to be at the line of scrimmage every, you know, every 15, 20 seconds. So we've got to be prepared and ready for that. So that, that part of it will be a great test. And then the quarterback – um, Jordan Love, I think, is a, is a really good quarterback. He's a big guy. He's got a really good arm, a good eye for the field, and, and, a, and a good. he seems to have a, a good IQ, football IQ. So um, I think that also is going to help test our defense because so, we need some. We need to see our defense grow a little bit, and today is a good game to see that. It's interesting to see the narrative around this LSU football team these mm-hmm. days. Long considered a defensive kind of a structured team, and now yep. um, the defense has had some injuries. Uh, lost a few guys because of injury and also still kind of finding their way, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But the offense is humming. I mean, back-to-back 65-point performances from LSU's offense. And uh, it's been fun to watch, but it's just interesting, Herb, that we, as we sit here and look at LSU, we typically think of them as de- a defensive-oriented team, much like we do with the Saints where we think offensive-oriented, and they're actually defensive-oriented yep. here lately. So it's yep. an interesting juxtaposition. No, it's it's pretty good, though. But this is what we've been wanting as fans, you know, from LSU. Um, we didn't want to sacrifice the defense, if you will, which I don't think we are. I just think that um, we're going through a transitional period with the defense. Um, we've got some new guys out there. The injuries have been killing us. I mean, you lose a Devin White from last year, who's a heart and soul of not only the defense but the team. Um, you know, it makes it it makes it a little bit more tough to to, to be able to bounce back from that right away. Um, with that being said, though, I, I would much rather score sixty five points and <laughs> give up thirty eight all day long. 
That way we still win the game. As before, we would give up 10 or, or 17 and score six, <laughs> you know, that's which, which is not what we're looking to do because in that scenario, you're not in the win column. So with that being said, man, I, I think that um, – I think that this this year's team is is one for the ages. I mean, if the defense can get it together and start clicking really well, um, and, and, and minimize the mistakes, make some tackles, create some turnovers, um, and our offense keeps humming like we are, I mean, the sky's the limit. It's kind of Big Ten football right now for LSU. I mean, Big, Big Twelve, a Big Twelve, yeah, yes, I'm yes. Old habits die hard, but no, it's Big, right. Big Twelve, it's. You know, where there's not a whole lot of defense being played. Mm-hmm. I Rest assured, I I think that Dave Aranda is eventually going to figure this thing out. In other words, they have to. he's going to be able, he's gonna be able to uh, button down and, and, and get the defense straight. I, I just think that there's some moving parts there that maybe some don't understand or don't mm-hmm. recognize because of injury. Uh, yep. But I think that that defense, all in all, when all said and done, that they're going to be what they're usually up to. I agree with you 100%. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Do you think this LSU-Utah State is a trap game for the Tigers? 504-260-1870. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger tailgating show here on WWL. One of my all-time favorite human beings on this earth. To my left, Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Here till 9 o'clock, and we have things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network with Chris Blair and company. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Herb Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback, is a legit pro prospect. So if nothing else, they're going to see uh, a quarterback that certainly capable, and I sound like Les Miles, but uh, willing to throw <laughs> the ball around uh, around the yard a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's good. You know, you want to see guys like that when you're not in SEC play yet, right? To prepare you for SEC play, because um, you know we, we're going to a, a nice stretch here. You know we started, we kick it off with Florida. Um, I would much rather play Felipe Franks than than the backup that they're going to have. So, um, but you know the thing about playing a guy like Jordan Love is is just you have to be disciplined, and this is what it's going to teach. It's going to teach us to be disciplined. It's going to force our guys to grow up and, and mature in front of our eyes. Um, you know we have to contain. We have to get push up front. And we also have to stay and keep our assignments on the backside of it. So, if we're not doing those things, he he will eat us up. Um, but I, I think we're going. I think we're going to be too much, too too strong, too, fast. too big, too fast. Um, the the stage is just going to be too too big for them. Period. Um, you know, I, that's what I think, and I think we're going. to And come that's out no disrespect to Utah State. Not that's at not, all. It's just reality. I mean, <clears throat> we've seen teams. Excuse me. <clears throat> we've seen teams come. In that building right there, right, and melt down. It just happens. It's yeah, the, the environment is that intense. The the stage is that big. And and then the biggest thing for me right now is the fact that this team is who they are. This team is le- legitimately a number five ranked team in the country. Like the the, the ranking is not um, overwhelming for them. They're they're probably a little bit better than number five, to be honest with they you. They were four before the bye week, correct? Because they were off, they slid. Right, right. Which which makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, like I said, these guys are on a mission. They they coach coach Ogeron has put something into these guys over the summer that has really sparked greatness to come out of these guys. From a quarterback's perspective, let's talk about Joe Burrow for a second, and and you're certainly suited to do that having played the position yes what he's doing in this offense it's not easy to put up the numbers that he's put up and he's entered into the Heisman conversation right 
is this just a hey, second year more comfortable, or is this the scheme, or is it a combination of both of those factors along with his talent, his skill level? So, so you got to remember where he comes from. He comes from a football background, first and foremost. Um, his brothers played football in major division one football. His dad was a coach for a long time. So football is in his blood. It's in his, uh, it's, it's in his, his DNA. DNA. Yeah. So his, his football IQ is just that strong as well. So once you maturate that uh, and you mash it up with his, his, his will, his passion for the game, and then his ability to be able to do the things that he does, all he needed was a, a, a little bit of a tweak, right? So last year we saw flashes of what he could do. This year, now you add Joe Brady and and Ensminger and Joe come together, and they create this wonderful, wonderful offensive game plan moving forward for this particular team. And all Joe has done has is just retain all the information. He's been able to see the field tremendously greater than I've seen him or anybody at LSU in a long time see the field. Um, in my opinion, since since Rohan saw the field, I mean that Rohan can see the field just like he has. Um, and he's Rohan Davey. Yeah, Rohan Davey. He's, and Burrow is distributing the ball to everyone from the backs in the flats um, to, to the receivers and short crossing routes to the receivers and, and, and deep outs to the receivers and go routes. I mean, he's seeing everything. And, and the thing about it, too, is the fact that if you remember last year, Joe was, would tend to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. And he would sit in the, in, in, on his back foot and start patting the ball, as we call it. We pat, 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 pity pat back there. This year, he gets back on his, his third Balls or fifth out. step, and the ball is gone. And then not only is it gone, it is pinpoint accuracy, which is awesome. Even when guys are covered, he's putting the ball in places where only his receivers can catch the ball or it's going out of bounds or to be incomplete or whatever, which is very rarely incompletion. So this guy is putting up Heisman Trophy numbers. Um, he, has the, he, has, he has the talent around him. There's some guys, Trey Palmer, I'm, I'm anxious to see what Trey Palmer can do on the field once he gets an opportunity. So, you know, we we have a, a, a slew of talented guys that is around him right now um, from, from you know, seniors to juniors all the way down to freshmen. And uh, and the one thing I think I, that, that holds true for, for me with Joe is the fact that his teammates believe in him. And those guys are going the extra mile to be able to get open. They're going the extra mile to block for him. They're going the extra mile to, to – to, to, to just make plays whenever they have the ball in their hands. And, and that's something that you can only attribute to to a guy that's, that has the passion to win uh, football games as he does and a leader as he is. Do you ever think about what you could have, like how you would have flourished in yes, a system like always. this? always. So I just, you know, uh, it's Because really, this is, I mean, this system, this RPO kind of system yeah, is yeah. like tailor-made for guys like you. Absolutely. So um, I I, I, I tweeted and Facebook post something the other day. I was like, man, this offense is great. I wish we'd have been running something like this when I was there. In which we kind of did, but we didn't really. Um, we, we opened My senior year, we opened up our offense a little bit, and uh, we used three wide receivers, um, and we also flexed Kevin out some to do some things. It wasn't an RPO type of offense, but it was similar in the fashion that you spread the field, right? And then that was my best year statistically that year. Um, I threw for the most touchdowns, the least amount of intercepts. I had the most rushing uh, touchdowns that year and the most rushing yards. So with that being said, every day I think about it and I look at it. I'm like, man, I wish this, this offense was around when I was, when, when, when I was you know, playing football. Because in my mind, when I see Russell Wilson, I see myself. 
that's what I see. And Russell ran this similar type offense at North Carolina State. He didn't really run this offense at Wisconsin. Um, but now, you know, he, you see what he's doing right now. So, um, But <clears throat> this offense is tailor-made, suited for a guy who, who can throw the football, who can, you know, uh, sit in the pocket and read the defense and understand the defense and deliver the ball as well as be able to run the ball when needed. When you look go back to last year, if you're trying to, I guess, justify or, or, or rationalize why the big leap in Joe Burrow's play, you know, he kind of told you early in the year, before the season even started, he wasn't exactly comfortable with turning his back to the defense. No. And I think that's paramount in a young quarterback's development. He'll get there, okay, at the next level. He'll have to, he'll, he'll have he's going to have to do he's that. He's going to have okay? to do it. Yep. It's, it's going to be a necessity because the, the mm-hmm. play-action game in, in the NFL is much more prevalent than it is in college uh, yep. where you're turning your back to the defense. But the fact that he, if you look at all the, all the plays that they run, he, he never is going to turn his back on this defense. And ultimately, that's why you talked about him seeing the field so right. well. Mm-hmm. That's a part of the reason why he is. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's a luxury that he can deal with right now. He can have that right now. Um, they can kind of dictate uh, in college that particular situation. However, like you said, he's going to have to um, be able to 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 do play action passing. He's going to have to do seven step drops, um, different things like that. In, in when once he goes to the league, so at that at that particular point in time, and with that being said, I think that at the end of the day, Joe Burrow can do whatever. I think he just needs the opportunity to be able to do it. I think this highly of, uh, of, of Joe Burrow. I, I think that obviously he's in the Heisman conversation, but having watched enough football in my life yes, and, and certainly doing it for, for a living, I think he's going to have a, a, a successful pro career. I agree. I, I just think he's built that way. I agree. I think anybody that's been a coach, uh, you know, a, son, a son of a coach, has an advantage. Um, and and I, I think that a team that drafts Joe Burrow, whether and it could be very well be the first round this year, it could be based on the numbers that it he ends be. up with. And if he ends up in the Heisman conversation, top three, and and put and continues to put up those numbers, I think he's got a legitimate chance to be a first round draft pick in the NFL. No, I, I agree. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I, you know, for me, someone who hasn't played in the NFL, who's always wanted to, who's always thought that I had the talent to do it, right? It just came at the wrong time. Um, you know, everything is about timing and, and not necessarily what you know, who you know, but sometimes the timing. You has were to be born right. too early, man. There you go. So, with that being said, um, I think that a successful career for a quarterback in, in the NFL is obviously one who can go there and start for 10 years or whatever, right? But also someone who can be a backup wherever for 15 years, right? And for me, what backups do is they come in the game like Teddy Bridgewater and they come in during the season and their number one's down and Teddy Bridgewater can, can win three out of four games that, that Drew Brees will be out or whatever that number is. Um, and, then, and there's guys like Frank Wright who came in for the Buffalo Bills a long time ago mm-hmm. and won, almost won the Super Bowl. Now coaching the Colts. Right, correct. So, I mean, there's, there's Casey's a, pouring us some virgin uh, <laughs> um, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary mix, yeah. yeah. So, so those things are, are, to me, is ultimately also a makeup of a successful NFL quarterback career. To the phones we go, Jeff, uh, on line one. Go ahead, Jeff. You're on WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate. I wanted to speak to Herb Tyler, please. He's right here. Go ahead. Hey, Herb. Hey, Jeff. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, two questions. First of all, on injuries, um, Will, do you think um, 
Rashard Allen, Benny Logan, and um, Terrace Marshall will be ready for the Florida game. And second of all, how do you compare yourself to Joe Burrow? The way I compare you is that I think you were a better runner, more mobile, and I think y'all's passing capability was about the same. I'm going to hang up and listen. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Um, so on the first question, I think that Terrence Marshall will not be ready. Um, I think that uh, Rashad Lawrence potentially will be ready. I think he'll play. Um, and Benny Logan, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. So I don't, I don't really know where ben, Benny Logan is on his injury status right now. Um, but to answer your second question is I think you're absolutely correct. I think that um, my running ability – um, is, is a little bit better than Joe's only because I ran the ball as if I was a, a running back. I could see the field, um, and I knew how to get tackled and get hit, which is also key when running the football. Um, so you got to know where you're running to, how to follow blocks, how to make cuts, and then at the end of the day is when you're about to get tackled, you have to position yourself in a way to where you don't take a major hit, if you will. And then when it comes to passing, the one thing edge that Joe has on me that I think is the fact that he is in the shotgun constantly. And then also um, he's getting more opportunities to be able to throw the football. Whereas, you know, I think, you know, I was throwing the ball at the very most, sometimes 17 times a game. Um, now, obviously for good reasons, we had Kevin Fox, Cecil Collins, Rondell Mealy. <laughs> um, you know, we had, you know, one of the best offensive lines in the country as well. You know, we had Todd McClure, who's a, a, a 13-year veteran for the Atlanta Falcons, who actually was a center for Michael Vick um, and 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 uh, Matt Ryan, and and I told him all the time that hey man, the best quarterback you ever had was in college, um, and then we also had Alan Fanica, who was a right guard who who in himself is I think is going to be a Hall of Fame guy, and um, it, you know and I can go down the list of guys that we had, and we threw the ball to the tight end a lot as well, so. And, that, and all of those passes that came to the tight end were all off of, of play fakes because of the run game that we had. So, so I, think, I think that's a great question that you had, Jeff, and that's my assessment of, of our, uh, my comparison of myself. And if I could throw my two cents in, it, it, let's be honest, Joe Burrow is in a much more advantageous scheme. Yeah, absolutely. A more quarterback-friendly scheme. Absolutely. And that's not to take away anything that you did or anything that he's done and accomplished so far. Right. I, I think that it takes – certainly some skill and talent to to fit into this scheme and i think that good coaches maximize opportunities and strengths for players if you listen to any coach speak that i think any coach that i respect if they sit there and say oh we only run this scheme and that's that we're not going to adapt we're not going to adjust good coaches find what the players do best and they play to those strengths that's the bottom line no that's what you do and if you're not doing that then you're going to find yourself not coaching somewhere. And, uh, and, and, and this is the one thing that when I do see football games or teams or whatever, and, and I look at it and it's just that simple. Are you putting the best guys in and are you putting those guys in the best situation? Period. I mean, there's no if ands, or buts about it. Everyone has been coaching for years, right? There's no, no guy that you're going to watch on TV that's going to be his first year coaching football ever. Yeah. Period, right? So you should have picked up something from Nick Saban. You should have picked up something from Bill Belichick. You should have picked up something from, uh, you know, from Sean Payton or anybody. You can go down the list and just pick 
you know, you can take 20 coaches and pick 20 different things and implement them in your coaching scheme, and, that'd be, and that's it. That could be your scheme. And one of the biggest things that the guys do is put the right people in and put them in the right situation. You know, one of the things that I remember this about Rob Ryan, former Saints defensive coordinator, one of the biggest things is he was a talented coach, okay? Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. Don't get, don't get that twisted. Right. But he was so – sometimes these coaches get so smart, mm-hmm. and they're so much smarter and adept at the scheme – and they put too much in. They, they install too much, and it complicates things, and it, it slows down the players because the players are thinking too much, and, they, and, and the coaches kind of get too cute with it all. And I think that that's another, another fine line that coaches uh, walk is, you know, am I putting in too much? Is it, is, it too, is it too fine? Is it too cute kind of deal? And that's where Rob Ryan ultimately went wrong as a Saints defensive coordinator. Sometimes you can outsmart yourself and outscheme yourself. Um, it's not that difficult. Like I, I tell people all the time, you know, that when you hear cover one, cover two, cover eight, cover six, cover 22, drop, and all this other stuff, it, it all sounds all fancy and, and dancy and stuff. But guess what? There's going to be guys on the a, on a defensive line. There's going to be linebackers, and there's going to be cornerbacks and safeties. And all that tells them is where to go. And they can only go so far because the field doesn't change. It's not like the field is the moving parts. And there's 11 players. And that's it, 11 players. So the only thing that's different, and one thing that Coach told me was that um, when, I was, when I was in at LSU, um, Coach Morris Watts told me this. He said, our, our offensive game plan, our offensive passing game um, is, is made up of formations, right, and concepts. The concepts are just what the concepts are because of the formations, right? So if you got an ace formation, then you can be a, you can have a a drag concept or you can have a, a corner concept, right? I can run a corner concept out of any formation we have. It's just going to be whatever guys are going to get to whatever location at that point. It doesn't matter who the guy is; the formation will dictate who the guy will be. But guess what? It's the same plays over and over and over and over again. They just come out of different formations, but it's just all about being on the field at whatever situation. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show in front of the Athletic Administration Building. It's LSU and Utah State this morning at 11 a.m. here on WWL. Herb Tyler, Herb Teasy. Off the heasy. We came up with that nickname last year. With KDZ. I don't know about that. Come I don't on. know about the KDZ, but the K-Dog, I guess, is something that works. Which is a nickname that, you know, I've never really, I guess, I think this is maybe the first reference I've had of referring to myself as K-Dog. Um, I love really, it. You just said you like uh, it, too. You like that better than KDZ. Yeah, but I But I really it. like KDZ. Uh, I guess. Okay, whatever. Nonetheless, <laughs> we're steps away from uh, Tiger Stadium here, getting you set for Utah State and LSU coming up this morning at 11 yes. a.m. Who's uh, I want you to text me at eight seventy eight seven if you're having an Irish coffee. You know what an Irish coffee is, right? My, my wife loves Irish there coffee. There you go. All right, then you certainly know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the early morning edition of the breakfast edition of the Tiger Tailgating Show, brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text eight seventy eight seventy. Finally, starting to cool down just a tad. Starting to feel like football season uh, in these parts. Yep. Going to have a cool front next week. So Florida and LSU will be. Much more fall-like. But today in Tiger Stadium, in Death Valley, it is LSU and Utah State. It'll still be quite warm. To the phones we go. Reggie on line one. Go ahead, Reggie. You're on WWL. Uh, hey, Reggie. Him... Go hey. ahead, Reggie. Um, him, I, I want to ask you if um, the way I feel that it, if Chase on 
in uh, in Richard Lawrence and Benny Logan don't get on the field soon with their injuries, then they're going to have trouble getting in the NFL. Now, I'm going to hang up and listen to what you have to say. Okay, no problem, man. Thank you for the question. But, no, I don't think they have any issues getting in the NFL injuries, are, are, you know, notwithstanding. but It will impact their, where they're picked, well, but they'll get in the NFL. Well, let's say it like this. If the injuries are significant enough to keep them out for the remaining of the season, yes, it will impact it, but not to the point of where they won't go. Yeah. Now, with that being said, if you have an injury and you miss two games or three games and you come back and you still have a monster season, then I don't think it impacts you. Um, but I'm going to tell you, Chase, on, they're gonna, he's going to get drafted high no matter what. He's got a rare, unique ability to pressure the he quarterback, does. and we know that's a premium at the NFL level. If you if you have that unique Absolutely. ability to bend, and you're a pass rusher, and you and you've got some speed, look look case in point. Look at Marcus Davenport, exactly. UTSA. Yep. All right, he and the Saints traded up to get him because he has yep. that unique ability. By the way, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to get off on too season. much of a tan, uh, tangent, but anybody that's questioning Marcus Davenport's ability needs to stop. I don't know, I don't know if you that. saw the butt whipping he put on Tyron Smith last week against Dallas. Yep. One of the best tackles in the National Football League. If not the I mean, he, he just flat out whipped him. And he leads the league yep. in pressures. I know the sacks aren't there. I get that. Yeah. But the pressure is just as good as a sack if you can if you can get the quarterback off of his spot and make him throw the ball early or make mistakes, throw intercepts, whatever. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I've yeah. heard several folks still questioning Marcus Davenport. And I know right. we're talking LSU and – Utah State, but <laughs> I don't. I agree with you though, Herb. I, I think that guys like Caleb on Chasson are rare. They okay? They're yeah. hard to find, mm-hmm. and I think that you know if he doesn't have a sustained prolonged injury, and I think some of this has to do with you know the LSU being smart coming off his ACL Absolutely. injury a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, I mean, you know, you you rest him for the, the last couple of games that that he has rested for, if you will, make him come back a hundred percent healthy for the SEC. with no issues for the SEC because that gauntlet is coming, and it ain't going to stop. You know, after this week, is it? This is it. Now we're in the meat and potatoes of the season. And the bye weeks are over. And 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 here's 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 why you sign on the dotted line to play in the SEC. It's coming up next week. Period. Yeah, Florida next week, and then you get in Auburn, yep. uh, Mississippi State, mm-hmm. Alabama, obviously. Yep. So uh, this is this is the last kind of dress rehearsal or tune up, if you will. Yep. For LSU this morning at 11 a.m. Phone lines are open at 504. 260-1870, text 870-870. I don't mind getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, but, man, I love night games in Death Valley, and I cannot <laughs> wait until next week when, A, I can sleep in, and then, B, it is LSU in Florida. It's just something special about those night games in Death Valley. All the time, man. It's like a, a mystique in the air. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you just can't really it, – it's hard to identify. It's hard to put in words, it's, but you have to experience it if – if you have not been to Tiger Stadium in Death Valley um, for a night game when LSU plays a, a formidable opponent, SEC opponent, then you, you have not – You haven't you, lived. You haven't lived at all. So um, I, I highly recommend that you do at, at some point. Um, find your way to Death Valley to watch a game, a night game. I mean, the, the place is rocking. and the, the, Like I always tell you, man, the best thing for me is to go out there early and to smell that fresh-cut grass – Smell that you paint. Sound like less miles, man. I'm telling you, I, look, you have no idea how how good it is. I didn't say eat it. I said smell <laughs> it. Okay. Well, you sound um, like Paul Maneri. I don't know if you heard Paul Maneri about a year and a half ago. He was talking about how 
He's like, man, there's nothing better than fresh-cut grass at, 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 at uh, Alec Box Stadium. I mean, he went on this rant for like 30 minutes about <laughs> how great the grass is. Here's smelled. what you got to understand about what he's saying. What he's saying is this is a dream. This, to be able to do this and to be able to be one of the first people to go out there before the game starts and then smell it, feel it, touch it, and, and, and have an appreciation for being in that situation. Nobody else can do that. Is there another head coach in baseball right now that can go out and say they can go out and smell a fresh-cut grass at Alex Box? No, he can. That's what I'm saying. It's just You're a silly something Sally. mystique about it. I like it. Herb you know? Tyler, Christian Garrick. Sometimes I go out there and I just do snow angels. But it's really grass angels, okay? It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. <laughs> Tiger Dale Gaten Show here on WWL. Herb got a text-in request from one of our favorites, Nick Salt of Amagio, head football coach at Hanville High School. Salt. Coach Salt. The Salt Man. Devoted right. listener. All right. He's a football junkie. He's Listens up, man. He's watch. up. Listen to yeah. it right well, now. Well, he's up. He's really breaking down a film. They beat, they beat East St. John <laughs> last night 21-0. He's working. He ain't listening to us. Or he's listening and working at the same yeah, time. Yeah, kudos to, to that Hanville program for shutting off, shutting down a uh, East St. John team that I think, I want to say, I heard that had like 35 different offensive formations to prepare <laughs> for. But nonetheless. Uh, so he wanted you to talk about. The O-line, and in particular the protections going from last year to this year in a complete year, yeah. how different it is yeah, and how s- different the, the protections are in an RPO system. So we talked about – remember we talked, uh, I think, the, one of the first um, programs that we did earlier this year about the difference. We went into last year not knowing who was going to be on the offensive line and, then, um, and, and how these guys are going to play. Um, last year, it, it, you know, it was – it, it, last year, what they did was try to was trying to find ourselves who could do what, basically, right? Um, and then what these guys are doing not right now, this year, um, they have a lot of confidence. We get Ed Ingram back, who's a beast. He's a monster. Um, these guys are firing off the ball. Um, they're 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 creating separation. Um, um, and when I mean separation, I mean they're they're pushing back the defensive linemen. And then when they have to pass protect for Joe, it looks exactly like you're run blocking. However, you're still setting as if you're pass blocking, if that makes sense. So you, the first step is almost a run block, uh, false step, if you will. And at the same time, then you, right after that, you have to get into a, 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 a pass blocking mode or mindset or whatnot, so, um, which, which can give you the illusion that, hey, I'm going to either run it or I'm going to pass it. Whatever. So whichever one it is, most of the time they have a run play called in the, in the, in the huddle, and then Joe would have the opportunity to, to call an audible, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And then sometimes if you have a run with the, a true RPO would be where you can either run the option, either you give or your quarterback keeps, or once the quarterback keeps, he can actually pass the ball down the field. So these offensive linemen are not going down the field in these particular situations because if they go down the field and he passes, that's a penalty. So you can't do that. So you have to stay at the line of scrimmage. So these guys are still mating these defensive linemen up front, and they're not letting them get any, any you know, any pressures on Joe for the most part. Um, and, and, and it's just been a wonder for, for everybody. And one of the things that I went into this season knowing – was that our offensive alignment was going to be better than we were last year going into the season. And not only are they better than what we were going into the season, but these guys are so confident right now. It's just amazing. It's a lot easier, too, to protect a guy that's holding the ball for 
less two seconds, time. Right. Yeah. 2.5 2. seconds or whatever yeah. it is. Right. Two seconds. It's a lot easier to p- protect. The only adjustment I think the offensive lineman had to make that I saw at least this year during a game was the, speed the pace. The pace <laughs> yeah, there was yep. times where <laughs> they were kind of hands on the hips, yep. kind of dogged a little bit, but uh, you could tell they were gassed at times. Hey, man, that's every, that's every team that runs this type of offense, whether you're in high school or whether yep. you're in college. I mean, you're going to – it's, you have to be in shape to be able to do this on a on a on a on a play by play situation. Hey, I had a conversation with uh, Mike the Tiger before the show started. What did he say? Wow. He, he, no, <laughs> he told me LSU covers. LSU we're, covers a twenty eight and a half point spread. Oh, I agree. All right, we'll, we'll win by thirty eight. One sure. down, one more to go. Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.